Well, hello again and welcome to the County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and today on this edition of The Conversation, I'm chatting with Stacy Zabel. She is the program manager of the Countywide Coordination Team in Domestic and Sexual Violence Services, and Stacy is here to chat with us about human trafficking. Timely topic since the month of January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, including myths, misconceptions, and gaps in service, all major issues within the human trafficking service community. Stacey, first of all, thanks for being here on the County Conversation Podcast with us. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Looking forward to the conversation on human trafficking. And before we get started, I just want to kind of bring up some statistics, if we could. Mm -hmm. According to the Polaris Project, which you guys supplied me with the research from, PolarisProject.org, according to them, it says in 2021, 10,359 situations of human trafficking were reported to the U.S. National Human Trafficking Hotline involving a little over 16,000 individual victims. And they go on to say, as shocking as these numbers are, they're likely only a fraction of the actual problem. So before we dive, uh, dive deep into the conversation, first of all, just kind of start off with an explanation or tell me what is human trafficking? Yeah, sure. So human trafficking um, is usually broken down into two types of trafficking. So we have sex trafficking and labor trafficking. Hmm. Today, I'm, I'm mostly going to focus on sex trafficking because the work of domestic and sexual violence services, we, you know, we do focus mostly on sex trafficking. So human trafficking, you know, is the control and exploitation of another person's labor um, or commercial sex act for, you know, through the, through force, fraud, and coercion. So let me break it down into simpler terms for you. Mm -hmm. Um, into three parts. Okay. There's process, means, and end. We call it the PME model. Hmm. So the process is the recruiting of someone. It's the harboring or holding of someone. It's transporting, moving someone, soliciting or patronizing so that buying someone. And then there's the second part of the definition, which is the means. So there has to be force, fraud, or coercion. So force can include the use of physical or sexual violence. Fraud, you know, can include someone claiming the victim owes them money or is paying off a debt. And coercion can include threats of violence, emotional um, manipulation, controlling access to basic services and basic needs. Mm. And then you have that end piece that is that commercial sex act. Mm. And that commercial sex act, uh, most people think that's just going to be for money, but it doesn't just have to be for money. That can be for drugs. It could be for basic needs like, mm. such as food, clothing, shelter things like that. Now, there is one major exception that's really important to note, mm -hmm. and that is regarding minors and someone under the age of 18. So there does not need to be force, fraud, or coercion. Um, a minor just can't consent to a commercial sex act, full mm -hmm. stop. So therefore, if they, if a minor is performing any kind of commercial sex act, it is human. It is sex trafficking. It is human trafficking. Mm -hmm. And if you, you know, if you want to find out more about that definition, you know, I, I would immediately refer to our website. Um, you know, you can go to Fairfax County Government, go to that search bar and just type in human trafficking. It's going to take you right to domestic and sexual violence services where you can find out all about that, as well as the events and trainings and things we've got on for 
Human Trafficking Awareness Month. All right. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah. And then uh, hopefully later on in the program, we can give some additional resources, uh, like maybe some of the hotline numbers and different things like that, some Absolutely. of the phone resources, et cetera. Um, as you were going through all this, and I know I mentioned in the intro some of the statistics that are, I think, nationally. Yeah. Um, how does that relate to Fairfax County? Uh, do you have any statistics? I mean, is sex trafficking, human trafficking, labor trafficking, I mean, is it an issue in Fairfax County? It is. It, it's an issue everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, it's it, it's a hidden problem. We don't always see it. It's in all of our communities. So, you know, it, it's a really complex problem. And by nature, it's insidious. So it's really hard to see. Hmm. And because it's really hard to see, it's really hard to count. Um in Fairfax County, there were 110 victims of human trafficking served last year here. Mm. However, I really want to point out that's not necessarily representative of the pervasiveness mm. of human trafficking. Mm. Um, traffickers operate under the radar. You know, the community at large isn't usually recognizing uh, victims or survivors of human trafficking. And those who are trafficked, you know, very rarely identify themselves as a victim or survivor of human trafficking when they are in the act or the situation of trafficking. Mm. Um, in terms of the pervasiveness, because you're speaking to numbers, I think, you know, what I do want to point out is that human trafficking is the second largest criminal enterprise or activity globally. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and the reasons are really sad. You know, it's because you can well, sell. Well, I mean, it all comes down to money, right? It comes down to money. Exactly. It's profitable. Um, and you can sell a person again and again and right, again. Right. You can only sell drugs once. You know, mm. you can always only sell a weapon once. So, um, you know, it, it makes it very lucrative and, and profitable. Right, right. You mentioned um, in, in that statement there that oftentimes the, the victims of human trafficking don't really realize or understand they're a victim of human trafficking. Um, how would somebody then from the outside be able to recognize human trafficking? And, and, and then the second part of that question you can address now or later. What should they then do if they identify somebody or think somebody's being trafficked? Yeah, so, the, so there, there are some, you know, indicators that we can look out for. Okay. What I do want to point out is, um, you know, these are things that we know can, you know, relate or correlate with human trafficking. But they're also, you know, correlated with other reasons people might need support. Mm, so okay. some things we can, you know, to be aware of, we can support people whether or not we know 100% they are human trafficking. Mm. We support them with, right. with the needs they have, right. you know, in that moment. Um, and some of the things we can look at, you know, is someone's passport or documentation being held from them? Is a person free to come and go at will? Um you know, oftentimes we talk about if a young person starts showing up with some really nice technology, mm. some a new blinging purse, <laughs> you know, things like this. Th these are these are flags. These are indicators. Um, you know, and and the other thing I want to flag, you know, someone is working a job and they're not they're not getting paid or they're getting paid very very little money for it, mm. um, or they're working off a of debt and that debt never seems to go away or never seems to decrease. They're always working towards that. These are some indicators, but you, you know, as community members, you know, you don't have to be able to recognize exactly that someone is a victim of human trafficking. You just have to, you know, if you realize someone is in need of help, call our hotline. Mm. Um, that, you know, that is where I would direct you. So you can always find out more if you are 
concerned about someone, call the hotline. If you are experiencing human trafficking uh, yourself, you can call the hotline. And that, you know, is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's staffed by our trained advocates. And the number is 703-360-7273. And I'll let you repeat that several times throughout the podcast. Thank and you. I, and if I forget, <laughs> just kind of say, hey, you know, let me hit that number. We'll again. do. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 703-360-7273. Again, that's 24 hours a day. Um, I think you mentioned earlier on uh, in the broad definition of the human trafficking that it's often um, – that I hear this right more, the sex trafficking as opposed to labor trafficking. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that's the same case here in Fairfax County as well. I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the, the biz, my air quotes here, the business. Oh, yeah. So so both sex trafficking and labor trafficking is, um, is you know, prevalent here in, in Fairfax County. Absolutely. No doubt. Um, in domestic and sexual violence services, we do focus on sex trafficking. You know, with our um, limited resources, mm. you know, we are focusing more on sex trafficking. The it, it correlates really nicely with the work that we do at domestic and sexual violence services. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there are other wonderful community based orgs that are working with both sex trafficking and labor trafficking. So there are services available for those folks. Okay. And like I said, if you call the hotline, yeah. they're going to refer you to those great services as okay. well. Right. A little later on the podcast, I want to get into the, the sort of services, the resources, those type yep. of things, uh, uh, that kind of thing. But as I mentioned in the intro, um, and I put it in quotes here in my notes, the myths, misconceptions, and gaps in service uh, are major issues within the human trafficking service community. Um, I, I guess my my question: Why? Why are why are those major issues yeah, within the community? That's a great question. So, you know, one of the most pervasive myths um, is is someone's going to snatch you off the street and traffic you. Hmm. Um, you see that on Facebook. You see it portrayed, you know, on TV, on the screen, and films. Um, have you ever seen the movie Taken with oh, Liam Neeson? Right, <laughs> everyone immediately thinks about that yeah. <laughs> that movie when they think human trafficking. Um, to be honest, it's not the reality of what we see. It's not the norm. I'm not saying it wouldn't happen, mm. but um, you know, human trafficking is just really it's more insidious because people who are usually trafficked are are trafficked by someone they know, mm. someone you know, a romantic partner family member, that includes parents or guardians, um, and even by other kids in school. And, you know, what I'll point out is that people in sex trafficking situations, they they can know and even trust or love their traffickers. And traffickers are really targeting people who have a need to fill, who have a vulnerability. And that can be, you know, like I've said, a, a place to live. It can be money, clothing, um, a chance to to get money quickly. And then other times, you know, people are looking to belong. Um, traffickers will offer love, emotional support. They will act as a boyfriend or a partner or a girlfriend, you know, to a person. So what you see in, in Taken with Liam Neeson, that, that's kidnapping victims, forcing them into, you know, um, the sex trade through violence. It, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but right. it's not the norm that we see here. Um, and what I think is important to draw from that is is this can happen anywhere in our community. And to anyone. And to anyone. Absolutely. And it's hard to see. Yeah. So, it, and, and we just said that, to anyone. Is is it really to anyone, male and female? Or is it, I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, correct me if I'm wrong, 
that it's more of an issue for females? That's a great question. So human trafficking, uh, you know, people who find themselves in human trafficking situation can be men or women um, and children. So men and uh, boys and girls. Absolutely. With sex sex trafficking, you're going to find a higher number of women and girls, but there absolutely are men and boys who are um, exploited in the sex trade as well. And with labor trafficking, you're also going to find a mix. I would also point out with labor trafficking, uh, folks who experience that are often subjected to sexual violence Mm. through that as well. So Mm. it's, it's not that you are being forced to do a job and that's it. It's much more complex than that, like I said. Yeah. We're talking with Stacy Zabel. She is the program manager of the countywide coordination team and the domestic and sexual violence services for Fairfax County. And we're talking about human trafficking. And we just kind of went over one of the big myths, I guess, in human trafficking. What What are a couple of other myths you wanted to address? Yeah, I think another one is around people, you know, being physically unable to leave their situations or, or locked in and held against their will. Yeah. Um, you know, that certainly happens. And I have worked with cases that look like that for sure. Um, but more often, people stay in human trafficking st- situations, you know, for much more complicated reasons. In a lot of cases, like I mentioned, they just do not see themselves as victims or survivors. They don't recognize that they're in that situation. Um, So they've been so expertly manipulated or groomed that, you know, they, yeah, they feel like they're making their own choice, um, you know, to to engage in in the commercial sex act. Um, There's emotional ties that are really powerful. And I would say, you know, in my work with victims of human trafficking, Perhaps one to two percent of women actually identify themselves as victims or survivors. Yeah. Um, only about one one or two percent. I went back and really thought about that from, and that's work in my pre in, in a previous role. Sure. Um, so most people, you know, they know they're being mistreated, but they they just don't see themselves in that way. Um, and I also want to point out that people in the situation they really depend on their traffickers, you know, for physical needs like money or shelter. Um, they can face force, force, or, you know, they can face threats against them or their families, violence if they complain to leave. In my prior role, you know, I worked with many cases where folks, um, families were threatened in their home countries and they felt that they could not leave because their children in their home country or their sister or brother or someone they cared about were being threatened back in that home country. And this really speaks to that definition of force, fraud, and coercion. Mm. So we think a lot about that physical force piece. Um, We think a lot about the exchange of money, but this is the coercion piece. This is really what keeps people there. Mm. That's how, yeah, how the trafficker has that control over this person, if you will. All right, time for one more myth, if you you have a third one you want to share with us. Yeah, sure. And that's just around, you know, people in active trafficking situations, um, you know, always wanting to get out um, of that. So I hmm. I want to point out that victims and survivors of sex trafficking, they they feel fear, they feel isolated, they feel guilty and, and so shameful. You know, hmm. we, we often see that. Um, they have misplaced loyalty um, and, and we've talked about that grooming and that manipulation piece. Hmm. So, you know, these are all those things that can stop a person from seeking help or identifying as a victim. 
You know, I heard a really good line the other day. Traffickers don't just look for people. They look for vulnerabilities. They prey on the vulnerable, right. you know, and the people that drive them there, uh, the, the factors that drive them there, rather, are things like, you know, poverty, limited English proficiency, um, a lack of legal immigration status, lack of stable, safe housing, um, limited, you know, opportunities, you know, financially or, or educationally. Um, I mentioned people posing as, as boyfriends or girlfriends to, to recruit and, and to bring folks into the sex trade. So, you know, they can be deceived by false promises, love, a good job, stable life, um, and, and, you know, end up being lured or forced into situations. Now, I do want to point out trafficking victims can be both, uh, foreign nationals, but they can just as easily be American citizens. Mm. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Um, I think we could probably talk for a couple hours on this, but unfortunately, <laughs> we do have a kind of a internal time limit, if yeah. we will, for just for the length of the podcast. So, uh, I, I want to kind of transition a little bit into domestic and sexual violence services and kind of the resources and services and programs uh, that the office provides to, to victims. So, take it away. Great. So. Thanks, Jim. At um, Domestic and Sexual Violence Services, we offer various services, okay. um, you know, counseling, advocacy. Um, we offer education, prevention, outreach, and, and community engagement and coordination services. We also have um, a the 24-hour hotline, which I, right. I mentioned. We've got the Domestic Violence Action Center with trained advocates ready to meet and speak with folks um, you know, and, and, and advocacy. We have folks who will accompany you to the hospital if you have experienced intimate partner violence or mm. sexual violence for your forensic exams. Um, we have folks who will accompany you through the court process because we know that can be really complicated right. Right. and difficult and frustrating. And, you know, I know I mentioned it, but I'll just flag it again. We've got that hotline. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of human trafficking, we have several, you know, folks with expertise on human trafficking. So we feel very well positioned to be able to provide support for victims of human trafficking. We do try to focus that, though, on technical assistance, resources. And if someone is lacking access to, to direct services, we will provide that as well. However, you know, we mostly focus our limited resources on bolstering our coordinated community response so that, you know, collaborative um, countywide effort mm. to end, right. prevent, and address human trafficking because there are providers out there who are really well positioned to work with certain parts of the population. Mm. And we will, you know, we've got all the resources. We will absolutely refer folks in that direction. Yeah, and that was uh, part of the introduction I mentioned your title, your program manager of the countywide coordination team. Now, and is that what I'm thinking it is? And as you just said, that you're coordinating resources from across multiple county agencies and even nonprofit partner agencies? Yeah, I think that's that's an accurate depiction. You know, we bring folks uh, across the county and community to the table to address gaps, to identify gaps, address gaps, and, you know, really take action to um to enhance that coordination, that collaboration across the systems, mm -hmm. working on all of these issues. All right. Okay. Um, why don't you go ahead and uh, take the opportunity to uh, throw out the, the website, telephone number, the hotline number, all that kind of good stuff, how folks can get more information 
and just preface this by saying if someone really is truly is in uh, a life-threatening situation, just call 911, but hotline numbers, website, resources, etc. Absolutely. Yeah. If someone is in an emergency situation, always call 911. Thanks for for raising that. Yeah. So um, for our website, just go right on Fairfax County's website and you can just go into the search bar. You can type in human trafficking. Uh, you could also type in sexual violence, domestic violence, um, you know, and, and that's going to take you right to our website right. where you're going to find everything that you need. Um, our hotline is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week with trained advocates. If English is not your first language, we will use interpreters mm-hmm. or sometimes we have staff who speak those languages. And that hotline number is 703-360-7273. We also have the Domestic Violence Action Center where you can schedule an appointment to meet with a trained advocate. It is called the Domestic Violence Action Center or DVAC for short, but we also serve uh, victims of trafficking and sexual violence too. So don't be put off by that. So (laughs) the DVAC number is 703-246-4573. Great resources, great um, services available. What about the gaps? In service? Yeah, that is a great question. So, yeah, in, you know, we saw a really disturbing trend in 2022. Um, mm. We saw an increase in referrals for younger children, wow. particularly ages seven to 10 years mm. old. Um, these cases are, can be really complex legally, um, as well as for mental health professionals. Yeah. yeah, this was a disturbing trend to see. So, you know, this means that we've got to engage more family law attorneys, um, in addition to human trafficking attorneys. Um, and there's really a need for specialized therapy here. Um, I would say the other gap, uh, you know, is that victims and families seeking support outside of the criminal justice system. So if you're involved in the criminal justice system, there are, you know, a lot of supports for someone mm. who's experiencing trafficking. If you are outside of that system, it's a little bit more complicated, actually. Mm -hmm. And that can also be, you know, compounded um, due to immigration status, too. Um, And the last gap I really want to raise is housing. So housing Mm -hmm. continues to be a major, major services gap. Um, This is especially the case and especially crucial for adults um, and, and cases that don't have that criminal justice involvement. We really do have a dearth. Um, around that, and that's something that you know we we need to do better on. Right. Last fifteen seconds before I let you go. Yeah. Uh, what do you want people listening to this podcast right now to walk away from knowing or remembering about human trafficking? I think the most important thing is if you suspect or you're concerned about someone, um, you it's okay if you're not the expert or you're not sure, because we've got the experts in our shop. So mm-hmm. you know, give us a call at that hotline. Um, I'll go ahead and plug it one more time, 703-360-7273. You don't have to be the expert. That's fine. Mm -hmm. If you are talking to someone who's uh, a victim of human trafficking or you believe they are, you can validate their feelings. You can be ready to provide that hotline number and do it verbally because traffickers will, you know, will, will find pamphlets or flyers. So, you know, be ready to offer that verbally to, to someone. And you can always communicate messages of hope. I believe you. You're not alone. Um, you know, you're not to blame, things like that. Right. And 
If you're not sure, call the hotline. Right. Figure out what to do. Yeah. All right. Stacey May, awesome. Thank you so much for being here on the County Wide Conversation Podcast. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure. Stacey Zabel, Program Manager of Countywide Coordination in Domestic and Sexual Violence Services, talking to us about human trafficking. Of course, uh, January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, but as Stacey has indicated, human trafficking a problem uh, 365 days a year. That's going to do it for this edition of the uh, Countywide Conversation Podcast. Thanks for uh, joining us. If you want to get more Fairfax County news, visit fairfaxcounty.gov slash news, or you can call 703-Fairfax. That's weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m., 703-324-7329. County Conversation Podcast is produced by the Fairfax County Virginia Government.